This podcast is about the poem Ozymandias by Percy Bysshe Shelley. I met a traveller from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive. Stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. This is by far one of my favourite poems in our anthologies um, and I'll just be explaining a little bit about why I like the poem. We'll talk a bit about Shelley's history. We will talk about the poem itself and what inspired him to write it. And I'll also touch upon some language analysis and some themes that you might want to consider. So Shelley was a British poet born in England in 1792. He attended Eton College and then Oxford University, as his family were very wealthy. He loved to write, and he spent a lot of time writing at school. He did have some radical views at the time, and he was expelled from Oxford University for writing a leaflet about atheism, in a time when the country was massively religious. His father did offer to sort the whole thing out on his behalf, as he was a wealthy and important man, but Shelley refused because his dad asked him to revoke his atheist views, something which Shelley was not willing to do. After this, he travelled and eventually married a woman called Mary. She also loved to write. She actually wrote the novel Frankenstein. Shelley was good friends with Lord Byron, another poet from our anthology. Together with Mary and some other friends, they used to spend time in mainland Europe, competing against each other by writing poems and stories. These poets were all part of the Romantic era, but romantic doesn't mean lovey-dovey. Their poems often referred to nature, imagination and revolution. As well as Shelley and Lord Byron, William Wordsworth, John Keats and William Blake were also Romantic poets. Can you maybe see any themes of romanticism in their works from our anthology? Now, back to our poem. Ozymandias was an Egyptian pharaoh from the 13th century BC and he was better known as Ramesses II. This poem is actually a story within a story. In the opening lines, the speaker says, I met a traveller from an antique land who said... And we then hear the story that the speaker has been told. Shelley was inspired to write this poem after having a conversation with his friend, Horace Smith, about the discovery of some Egyptian artefacts by Napoleon a few years earlier. They decided to both write a poem about the discovery. You can actually see part of a statue of Ramesses II in the British Museum in London today. This could have also inspired the men to write their poems. 
It's not the same piece of the statue that's referred to within the poem as there would have been many statues of Ramesses II. But next time you're in London, you might want to pop in and have a visit. This poem is actually a sonnet, and usually sonnets are love poems. Could Shelley have used this to show the pharaoh's love for himself, perhaps? The whole poem is a metaphor. In the poem, we learn about a statue of a pharaoh that has been slowly demolished over time, showing that much like his empire, nothing lasts forever. The first thing that I notice that's described in the poem are some stone statue legs. They're described as vast, but also trunkless. The first hint, maybe, that there is power here because the legs are vast, but also a lack of power because they aren't attached to the body of the pharaoh anymore, and therefore they're useless. The head of the statue, now lying in the sand, preserves the sneer of cold command that the pharaoh had. It wouldn't be unusual for powerful rulers of that time to have statues commissioned, or to have them looking quite angry and intimidating. However, time has mocked him, because even the giant statue of himself has crumbled away and reduced to nothing. What interests me is that the storyteller also refers to the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. Here we learn that Ozymandias was possibly a cruel and violent ruler, but he did look after his people. He may have been feared, but he may have also been respected and maybe even liked. Nearby, there's also a pedestal with the inscription, My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. This is ironic, as we then learn that nothing beside remains. There is nothing to despair about, as the once powerful pharaoh has nothing left. The poem ends by saying that the lone and level sands stretch far away, really hammering home that there is nothing left of the powerful Ozymandias' empire. Shelley could be showing that the nature has won over mankind, or could be showing the reader that power isn't everything. It could even just be a simple comment to tell the reader that nothing lasts forever. One key theme in this poem is obviously power, specifically the loss of power. And that would make it quite easy to compare to hawk roosting, except in hawk roosting, the hawk keeps his power. Another key theme could maybe be pride. Can you think of any other poems from the anthology where a character is particularly proud of themselves? Nature could also be a theme. In this poem, nature or, you know, the desert, wins in the battle between man and the natural world. Many of the poems in our anthology tackle this theme too. This is a fantastic poem to get to grips with, a really good one in the anthology. So I suggest that you go away and have a think about how this poem can connect to the other poems in our anthology.